Meanwhile, at the headquarters at the um uh Jupiter's legacy. And that's why my legacy as Jupiter is one for generations. Yes, um I think um Brett, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't watch Jupiter's Legacy. I didn't watch what? it. It looked really bad. It's terrible. Alright, just cut to the opening credits. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 179 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. My name is Brett. I will be helping lead this conversation. My co-helper is Evil Jeff. Hi, Evil Jeff. Hi. Am I a co-helper or am I a saboteur? Find the helpers. Uh, No, you're a co-helper despite your saboteur exterior. (laughs) Oh, well. So that was our Jupiter's Legacy opening. You really didn't watch it? (laughs) I was going to. I'm like, I do a comic book podcast. I need to watch Jupiter's Legacy. And then I just like looked at the trailer and I was like, "Mm, this looks bad. I had the same. I had the same impetus in that I said, I do a comic book podcast. I must watch Jupiter's Legacy. And I did. And this is going to be our final episode, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between and beyond. Because I don't want to have to watch shit like that anymore. (laughs) No, I would never give this up. Never. But um, my God, we'll talk about it later. Um, But first, I think we should talk about some super hot, super topics. What are you going to hit? Evil Jeff, do you like emotion? Um, I get so emotional every time I think of you. Wait, what were we talking Uh, about? Yeah, no, I was just sorry. I was just marveling about how shocking what love can do is. I love emotion, and that's why I enjoyed the Phase Four trailer put out by Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. Did you see it? I did. So not only is this kind of a trailer for what's to come in phase four, but it is kind of like a PSA for going to the movies again. Yeah. It's like, remember, remember that camaraderie you had of like being in an audience full of other people that love the same thing. Did that woo you back? Because last time I talked to you, Brett, about movies, you were like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to watch everything at home. It did woo me. It wooed me right back. I'm like, yes, I was. I, popcorn appeared in my hands. I started crying and chewing it. I want to go back to the movies. I want to experience that magic again. And it's All crazy it took because it was a marketing campaign yeah, for me to be manipulated. And it's crazy because we can go back to the movies, but there isn't anything I want to see. I feel like That'll I change. would. I feel like now though, is that remember how Tom Holland and um, like one of the Jonas Brothers did that like psychic telekinesis movie yeah chaos walking chaos walking is that where is that is that still in theaters i might see that in the theaters yeah it's on on demand but i think it's in theaters now oh maybe we need to watch that bad it does daisy ridley in that blonde wig what yeah it's tom holland and nick jonas do they have any love scenes in in this yeah the whole thing is them having sex the whole two hours while daisy ridley is going we've got to go this reminds me of 
I used to have dreams that my favorite actor had done a porn and then I found it in like the porno section of a video store. Do you ever have those dreams? I didn't have dreams about real sex. I just had dreams about finding good pornography. About like a Michael J. Fox porno? Yes, yes. Something like that. Yeah. Or like, oh, did you see? Oh, this one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. He gets hard. And then I'm like, what? And then I like found it. And I'm like, (gasps) ooh. And so, and that was the dream that you... You yes, came just from finding, just from grabbing the. Yes, I wouldn't VHS even watch it, and literally, I would box. get, I would. That was how pathetic I was. I would never have actual sex. I would. I one time had a sex dream where the person um, turned me down because I didn't have a condom. <laughs> In the dream. It's <laughs> not even a sex dream. I know it was a sex. It was a rejection dream. A sex rejection. <gasps> oh, dream. speaking of which, <laughs> uh, you know that show Mythic Quest. Yes. On Apple t- with Rob um, Mack from Always Sunny. Yes, I only watched the first episode of it. I just thought it was okay. The second season is evidently much better than the first. And I watched the second season, but it is about the female lead having multiple sex dreams about Rob McElerney. Yeah. And he has never looked better. Well, he fucking got himself ripped. He's ripped. So there's For, a lot of him like sunny. naked, yeah. doing sex stuff. I mean, like not like hardcore sex stuff, but alluding to sex stuff, but very much naked I'm in not, yeah. season two, episode I'm one. I'm very upset, though, that he his character came out as gay and It's Always Sunny a couple yeah. of seasons ago, and he has yet to date a man. Can we get Oh, on you... Always Sunny? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you What? You don't know that? I knew that he came out as gay. I never knew that Mac, the character, never dated another guy. No, well, he fucks when he realizes he's gay. He like has a threesome with two gay guys, but they don't show it. He just comes out. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gay," and then he comes out as gay, and then he's like, "I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay." And then there's one where he does this like crazy dance number to his dad in prison to show that he's gay, and it's very emotional. Yes. And then ever yes, since then, ever since then, he's never. He's always like, "I'm gay." But he has never hit on but a man. No He's never dated a man. Gay storylines. Yeah, like he. We need to see him being a horrible gay. I want to see him treating. I want to see him being a horrible gay and having horrible gay sex. Yeah, because he's got the look of a circuit queen, the worst of the gays. Yes, and that's the crazy thing with the gays is uh, we'll still sleep with you even if you're awful. Oh, hello, Aaron Shock. Okay, but back, back to, to the Marvel. Phase four trailer. Phase four. So, what are you most excited for? Um, I'm most excited for. I don't know if it's most, but seeing Eternals after the lovely, talented Chloe Zhao won the Oscar and Best Picture, seeing her work in Eternals excited me. I'm scared though because it was like I'm just like oh what if it the whole movie's like Nomadland. <laughs> It's just Gemma Chan pooping in a bucket. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, it'll be better. Nomadland is fine. I liked it. Uh, So I'm excited about Eternals. I am also excited about those title drops for Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2. Let's talk about it. Okay, so we got Wakanda Forever. Is that what it's called? Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Interesting. I still would like to get some plot points to see how I feel about it. Because we've I've Shit, already expressed... At this point, I'd like to know who's starring in it. Yeah, that's my thing, is you know how I feel about 
writing off Black Panther. Um, anyway, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned. Um, so that one is cool. The thing that I was more excited about was the Marvels. The Marvels? Captain Marvel 2. Starring Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Spectrum. Yeah. They even got Spectrum's logo mark, insignia, if you will, in the A of Marvel's. Yeah. I mean... And the S is Kamala Khan's S. How is that movie not Lightning going to Bolt. be good? How is that movie not good? What a blessing. I also just watched um, a TikTok of someone analyzing that the whole reason people hate Brie Larson is because she um, is very pro, um, like, diverse casting. Yes. And they found, like, all of her interviews talking about diverse casting and and demanding that is where all of the hate for her started. And then it just kind of branched off into just... And it was before the movie premiered. So I never kind of realized that the hate started was just from her being like, no, more more black people should be superheroes and more this and more that. And that is where... I don't think it was even about superheroes. I think it was about... Just in um, general? Journos. Like, I think it was about creators and journalists and critics. Oh, yeah, because that's where she was just like, I don't give a shit if a white... I don't what some white, white critic thought didn't like Wrinkle in Time. She's like, it right, wasn't made right, for you. Exactly. And exactly. then they're all like, how dare you? It was like the world's most misinterpreted statement ever. Yeah. And then it's like, can she's we, great. Can we cut Brie Larson a break? And that's the thing. If you hate Brie Larson, I dare you to watch United States of Terra with her being the bitchy daughter. Amazing. Watch Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Amazing. Um, and uh, 21 Jump Street. She's great. Oh, she's so funny in 21 Jump Street. My God. Yeah. And then they did her dirty by giving her that lesbian haircut in (laughs) Endgame. (laughs) It's really bad. Even I was like, I hate her now too. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, does Katie Lang have superpowers? I'll remember Katie Lang. When I saw (laughs) the title, The Marvels, Part of me was like, is that in response to the gross corner of fandom that does not like Brie Larson? Are they diluting the focus of the movie? Well, yeah, but if they're diluting the focus, the other part of the focus is towards a Muslim girl, which those people, which I don't think that's going to win them over either. (laughs) So I don't think it's diluting it. Yeah. And a black woman. Yeah. So exactly. It's it's an inclusive title, not an exclusive one. I am super psyched for it because I'm also psyched to see um, Captain Marvel interact with um, a Nick Fury, like a present-day Nick Fury. Yes! I want that reunited. Reunited and it feels so good. I want to know what Carol, like, quote-unquote, did that has Monica making faces. And maybe, you know, you can even argue that they were giving each other the cold shoulder at Tony's funeral at the end of Endgame. Why don't we go with that? Well, and I and I agree, and I will think this is I'm for people. I edit a show called Ah uh, with Trixie and Katya, and I'm editing a couple of episodes ahead, so I am kind of giving a bit of a spoiler. But there's oh, um, there's an episode where they talk about like superheroes, 
And they were talking about Captain Marvel and Katya just starts talking about, she's just like, the funny thing about Captain Marvel is like, you know what her biggest flaw is? She's busy. (laughs) She's just too busy to get there in time. And I was like, oh my God, that's like, this is the truth. (laughs) And I honestly- biggest enemy is her calendar. (laughs) Yeah, like, because all the things she's like, there's a lot of other planets that need my help. You're not going to see me until the end of the movie. And it is funny where it's just that kind of like, well, you're, but you're, human you're part human so why are you not wait in the in the mcu is she 100 percent human right yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah. what you you like what happened to earth first and then suddenly we're donald trump like <laughs> oh, <laughs> but earth first slip. bitch but it is true and i have a feeling that she is angry at carol because carol was not protecting the earth and her mom and was busy helping other planets i think that's probably a big reason yeah to probably like you could have you could have fixed my mom you could have saved my mom or shit you could have even i don't know been there yeah and that's real you busy bitch you busy bitch um so loki is a part of that trailer as well there's an announcement about Loki that came out. Loki, Loki is coming out two days earlier than expected. And with that comes the reveal that new Marvel shows on Disney Plus, they're coming out on Wednesdays, not Fridays, just like your favorite comic books. Not Interesting. Like Although for DC me, because I always watch them at midnight the night before because I'm on the West Coast. So that means Tuesday nights or late evenings. Oh, me. good. Good. You can download your DC comics and watch Loki because it's Tuesday. <laughs> you know why Loki has a, 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 a place in my heart? Why? Loki was the name of my first Herald improv team <laughs> in 2010. Wow. And in 2010, guess who knew what Loki meant? Nobody. So everyone thought it was L-O-W-K-E-Y. Oh. And we were like, no, it's Loki, like from the movie Thor and like the or was the movie Thor even out yet in 2010? I don't even remember. But no one knew who the fuck it was. And now there's like a whole fucking TV show called Loki. Jesus. Loki is like a household name. The Norse god of mischief. He's like right there next to the Windex. People are gonna go on a Facebook page and look for the Loki TV show and they're gonna find the old 2010 you Facebook group of my Herald team. <laughs> oh, the Herald. What a form. Anyway. I feel like the Herald is being performed nowhere anymore because of UCB, all the comedy theaters around the country. Well, UCB and IO that did the Heralds have, have gone under. I always called it when people are like, what is a Herald? I always would say it's kind of like an improvised sitcom is the closest to let, even though that's not really what it is, it was the closest I think to get other people to understand what the fuck they were watching. I feel that's a good description. Yeah. Anyway, improv. I miss improv, and I miss comedy, and I miss movies. I do. Yeah. I want my li- I want my life back. Although it is very very weird, um, trying to re-enter society is that now that you have had your second shot and you're going mm-hmm. to be re-entering society. I like went to a birthday party at uh-huh. Katya, one the drag queen. There was a little too many people, okay. and even though everyone's like I'm vaccinated, I still they were like come inside. I'm like no, I'm just gonna hang out outside. Like I'm Ooh. still weird being around a lot of people, even if everyone. Everybody's yeah. vaccinated. It's still weird. It's yeah. very It'll weird. Take some time. 
Um, yeah, so I do wonder, like, if I was like, oh, I want to see this movie. If I go into the movie theater, am I going to feel weird if it's packed? And do we have to wear a mask inside the movie theater? I don't know. I'm not Aaron Michael Cunningham. Do I AKA need to? Will AMC. I be comfortable sitting? Like, how are you going to eat popcorn if you have a mask? I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, God, it's, it just hurts my brain to think about all of these things. Oh, oh no. You know whose brain is really hurting? Who? Mine! There was an X-Men announcement. This is our next hot topic. There was an X-Men announcement about a new story coming out. The Trial of Magneto. Ooh, ooh. Anyone remember Uncanny X-Men number 200? I hate anyway, that. When... The Reign of X graphic of the titles, the upcoming titles came out. Two of them were marked classified. They were redacted, like so much of the Krakoan era of X-Men. Things are redacted. Uh, One is a book by Leah Williams and Valerio Shiti, and the other one is a new book by Jonathan Hickman. A little bit of the Leah Williams book logo was peeking out above the classified redacted black bar, and people with sharper eyes than you or I, said that the letters poking out at the top seemed to spell the trial. And so for, a, for like a month now, people have anticipated that some sort of trial-based book is going to be written by Leah Williams and drawn by Valerio Shiti. Now, a trial thing came out. It's the trial of Magneto. And a lot of people are disappointed I'm like, eh, 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 we don't know that this is the book. Don't jump to conclusions. But it probably is. Thoughts? Wait, why would you think this isn't the book? Well, the art of the Trial of Magneto is drawn, like the teaser art for the announcement was drawn by John Romita Jr. I thought that would just be a cover because he did the original Trial of Magneto. Maybe. I'm like, it's not Valerio Shiti, therefore it's not the book. La 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 la. Look, all I know is we still don't know what that last Hickman one is. And all I know is if that, I've said it before, if that is not fucking Morphe Taggart, I am, I am becoming well, I a bad news for you. Those circular logos, they're only used when the word X-Men is in the title. And it's a circular logo. So... But it could be something like House of X. Like it could just be an ongoing series called House of X. Starring Keep Moira telling yourself it's going to be a Moira book. You? The Moira book is not going to happen. They said it. Wait, when did they say it wasn't going to happen? Months ago. Wait, what? Hickman said there's no Moira book. Oh. Maybe he's just You lying. better jump off this boat now because she's sinking. It's not going to happen. And I don't want you to be sad. Why? 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 Why did you introduce the most fascinating character? And then you're like, I'm just going to bury her for the next how many years? When's the last time she showed up? It's been over a year. I feel like it was when they showed the Cerebro backup go on the fritz after Rockslide died. And they cut to Moira and she's like, oh, Okay, so that was eight months ago. And that doesn't even count. That's like one page. She didn't even say anything. 
It's not even a cameo. Ugh. All I'm oh. saying is, okay, if that's not true, then Way of X after Legion, the fact that they're trying to figure out why the fuck they're not letting precogs in, then Nightcrawler needs to be the one to find out about Moira. And then Nightcrawler is like, this is the Way of X. And then Moira's like, uh, uh, uh. This uh, is uh, the Way uh. of X. Oh, God. It's a Nightcrawler versus Moira book. My dreams. No, it would be funny if I was Hickman. This is what I would do. If Hickman was like fired from the X Men, the last issue, I would have it would just cut to Moira and she would be alone and then she would be like watching like TV and then she would be laughing while eating cereal and then she would choke and then the next thing you know, she's in the <laughs> womb and then she's like, fuck! <laughs> And then it's like, the end. Chokes on cereal because she was laughing. <laughs> um, we need, speaking of Moira, we need to get to Krakoa. We can't be on these hot topics forever. Okay. Hit it. I want your ex. Come on. Come on down to Krakoa. Hey, we're going to talk about this, I'm sorry, last week's X-Men books. That's why we are on Krakoa. Uh, Let's start with Hellions number 11 by Zeb Wells and Stephen Sokovia. Sokovia, please. (sighs) I feel so bad for Psylocke. Why? Because at least all these other Hellions are like unaware of what Sinister is doing to them. Yeah, this issue basically ends with Psylocke being the only character with knowledge of what Sinister is really doing. And that's the other thing is you realize this was all like, we're like, oh my God, Sinister is finally getting like some comeuppance. No. No, of course not. This is all Sinister's plan all along. He used Arcade to get access to his murder world technology to make more clones of his bidding. And what's the best way to do it is make Arcade think that he, it was all his idea. Sinister simply outclassed Arcade in terms of villainy. Yes. And so in this, part of me is wondering then, it looked like Psylocke was able to kind of overcome uh, Mastermind. Mastermind. Yeah. Was that part of the plan or were th- or what or did he actually or did she actually say you know what i mean yeah yeah uh it's a good question i'd like to think it was not in that Psylocke was powerful enough to persevere to push through but yeah. who knows for anyone that's it's not sinister. reading doesn't remember hellions arcade hired mastermind to kind of take like kind of little robot areas and robot rooms and use his mastermind powers to just create full scale like illusion worlds to completely manipulate and fuck with people. And all of the Hellions are trapped there in their own worlds with their own horror, sto- like their own personal horror story. Mm-hmm. And Grey Crow is the first one to hear Psylocke's call and goes to her. Why? Well, she calls out only to him. Oh, I thought she called out to everybody. No. Oh, okay. she went, John. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, he shows up and it's, it's very clear that they, and they've shown some a preview of the Hellfire 
gala where they're kind of mm-hmm. like flirting with each other, like they're gonna fuck. Like they're I, gonna hardcore fuck. I am invested in the Psylocke Grey Crow relationship. And I typically am not invested in a hetero relationship. These two, however, they got me. Also, I think about the past of this Psylocke, who never knew the Marauders, is going to fuck Grey Crow, but she is still psychically connected to Betsy Braddock, who has a very, mm-hmm. the way she joined the X-Men, the Marauders, like he was murdering everybody and she was trying to stop him. And then she had uh-huh. her own battle with Sabretooth. And then to show that Betsy Braddock is the most fucked up, then went to and fucked an alternate universe of Sabretooth. Oof. God, these, these Psylocke, Psylocke and Betsy Braddock, they are riddled with issues. And I'm here for it. You know, they're not the only ones because Alex Summers, good Lord, Havoc. He's my God. so fucked up. He's so fucked up. He's the next one that Grey Crow and Psylocke scoop up when they're breaking out of this nightmare hallucination. And Havoc is in his torn Goblin Prince costume. Hello. He loves it. And he's like, oh God, you guys, Maddie just left because she thought... She thought I didn't like being alone, but I love being alone. So yeah. it's not really torture. And they're like, oh, my God. And did you see the Hellfire preview of him? Uh, his costume? No, there's a little clip and it's um, silent. And there's no it's like the the bubbles aren't there. So you don't know what's being said. But basically, Psylocke is talking to her dad, Magneto, and then Havoc comes up and says something and then you see Psylocke it's not Psylocke uh, Polaris 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 is talking to her dad and then she's and Havoc says something to her and she gets angry and storms off and grabs Havoc and pulls oh, him with her oh I did see that yes and so yeah, I'm like we don't, what I is don't that about because we haven't seen them two really deal with each other that much yeah they're kind of avoiding each other I don't want them to get back together Please. No, uh, that that looked like they were. I, Polaris is not. I have a feeling that he probably said something of like, "Oh well, I mean, I could have been on the X Men if I wanted, and you just got in because of nepotism." I imagine I him saying something, something like, that. like oh, that, and then she's like, heck. "Listen, you motherfucker! Like, remember when you couldn't get it up with me when we lived in Arizona? Right. You fucking piece of shit! I'll tell everyone about that. You can go fucking have Madeline Pryor, bitch." <laughs> You piece of shit. Remember when you maybe put a red wig on and call myself Maddie? <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, my God. But then the, the, uh, back to Hellions, the team is assembled and they're fighting their nightmares, essentially. But Psylocke breaks free and breaks free in the real world, chops Miss Locke in half. Told you she was a robot. And allows Sinister to get the drop on Arcade, allows Mastermind to get the drop on Arcade. And that's where Sinister reveals his master plan. Um, that the hilarious comedic conceit of him not being able to speak right because of all the torturous dental work Arcade did on him. Which Mastermind wasn't able to fake. <laughs> right. But here is the interesting thing is Mastermind... Um, wanted got his daughter released and he convinced the guy who was like confirmed confirmed to release the daughter and what does he do he has his daughter murder him Mm -hmm. so 
The thing that I feel that that is significant is because I think whenever a mutant murders a human that's not part of an X-Force mission, that's you you are going you if they that's a hole of like what do we call it the hole where do they get sent yeah yeah so i do find it very interesting Exiled. that sinister lady mastermind and mastermind are now literally exile worthy yeah they're guilty and so i do find this very interesting of like everyone's supposed to have this new start but fuck there are so many people that deserve to go into that goddamn hole that are still pieces of shit. Now, I like that Psylocke, she's at wit's end, clearly, with all of it. I wonder if she has this leverage. I wonder if she has this proof that Mastermind, Lady Mastermind, murdered a human. Yeah, but the other thing is that she still can't do anything because Sinister can delete her daughter at the snap of mm-hmm. a finger. So she's just kind of trapped of like, but here's the thing that I have. He it's never going to give you that. He's never going to take that. He doesn't want to lose that leverage ever. He is never going to give you your daughter. Never. Ever. So like, what is the point? Your daughter like, away from what her. is the point? And the so I think the only way you can get your daughter, she needs to fucking tell somebody and try yes. to sneak and figure out how to get it. And I honestly feel if she fucking goes to the council or something or Xavier like that's I don't know I just feel like she's but I'm I feel like she has she's she has her own chess game going on and I think she's planning something like I think she already knows what she's gonna do I agree and speaking of that let's never forget that Xavier because of Moira is aware that Sinister is going to do all of this stuff and that's the problem is maybe, yeah, Xavier's actually the last person she should tell because he wants yeah, him he, to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's probably like, yeah, I know, we need him to. We need <laughs> him to make the clone farm on Mars. Shut up, bitch. Fuck. Speaking of Mars, let's talk about Marauders, number 20. What does that have to do with Mars? Oh, I'm sorry. I think that Storm is leaving to go terraform Mars. Did I not say that out loud? No. That's my theory, Evil Jeff. Where does that come from? I love it. Um, It comes from the fact that I just think she's going to... <laughs> it's like, where where would you need Storm? Oh, you would need Storm to kind of terraform Mars so that there could be a whole colony on there. Because isn't that where Sinister inevitably does his clone farming okay but here's the thing we don't need sto- okay i'm just gonna be i'm i don't i hate to be the like the what's his what what's the neil neil degrassi the wet blanket the devil's neil deGrasse tyson the but um the you it, there's no point in terraforming mars you have to magnify the core of the planet first Otherwise, no matter what she does to the atmosphere, there's not going to be anything. You you need like uh, you need something to hold it all in. That's why Mars lost all its atmosphere is because the the core stopped being magnetized, and so the poles and the what's it called the what's the outer part the the ozone layer 
disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so all the oxygen flat flowed out. So they need to actually send... Okay, Bill Nye. They need to send Magneto, magnetize the poles, and then Storm needs to go there. So I'm just saying Magneto needs to be part of this plan, too, if that's your plan. Oh, shit. Maybe... <gasps> that could be something that S.W.O.R.D. is doing. Wait, how is that about Sword's planets? Plan? Think about the cover of Planet Size X-Men. It's like... It's that red rock or purplish rock with oh, Gene Oh, Planet Size Iceman. X-Men is their, their planet Mars. They're like, we're going to leave. Oh, That's fuck. the announcement. That's it's, the health. That's the announcement. The Hellfire Gala announcement Mars. is that we're actually leaving Earth and going to Mars. Motherfucker. We that's figured it out. We figured it out. We figured it out. <laughs> Iceman, Magneto, Storm, Gene, the Omegas. Oh, Lord have mercy. Remember, that was a rumor years and years and years and years ago, like prior to Inhumans versus X-Men, that the X-Men were going to Mars. I heard that. Fascinating. We didn't know anything about Krakoa at the time. And just the idea of that, that... They just, that humans don't have the technology to send enough troops or anything to get to Mars. There's probably going to be one gate to Mars on Krakoa, and that's it. Oh, my God. And in that Reign of X teaser image, that it was like a, it was like a collage. It came out right after Ten of Swords. It was like a collage of things, like Gambit was on it, Arcade was on it, Maverick was on it. Storm is holding like a black diamond-looking thing, which I think is like the Mysterium from Sword. So that's the Mysterium. It's all connected. I think Sword and Magneto and the Mysterium is all to kind of ignite life on Mars. On Mars. (gasps) All of it. Love it. Oh my god. Holy shit, look at us! But Marauders was great. Marauders, number 20. It's It's a love letter to Storm. Yeah. It's, I've written several. I've never sent them. <laughs> it's basically everyone is, it's like a farewell party to Storm. And everyone is just telling their own stories about how much they love her. And how bad, it's basically not just that, just how bad fucking ass she is. She's so badass. I love, this issue reminded me of that Batman the Animated Series. Um, and I almost got away with it too, or something like that, where like, the villains are playing poker and they're telling stories about the time they almost got Batman. You ever see that? No, that sounds great though. Oh, it's classic. Oh, it's like the best episode. They're each telling a story about the time they almost beat Batman and it's flashbacks of them with Batman. It's It felt similar to this. Yeah, there's just... so, And all the stories are different. Some are more um, touching, some are more funny. Like I love the, the one, one with Bishop... Where oh, Storm so wasn't even in it. And he just used a storm that was happening. <laughs> like, there's just a lightning storm. And he's like, oh, that's that Storm. Thunderstorm. Yeah, that's Storm. Like, that's my friend Storm up there. <laughs> they're like, oh, no. <laughs> so good. I love Bishop. Um, but the opening. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the opening data page? Emma's letter to Kitty? Uh-huh. The bullet? What about it? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the bullet brooch that she gives her? Yeah. Why do we love that, Evil Jeff? Um, is th- Wait, why? Be- <sighs> because they were alone in that moment when Kitty saved the planet at the end 
of astonishing. Oh, that's oh, I'm dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> it's the reference to that that yes. moment. I the giant uh, bullet. I oh my god. Emma was so... alone with Kitty in that moment. Yes, the you're right. You're right. That moment together when Kitty saved the Earth. Yes. And she's like, and if you give it away to some street urchin, just don't tell me. <laughs> oh, what an opening. I was clutching my chest. I totally just read something. through it and it just totally washed over my head. I'm such an idiot. It is an homage to the end of Astonishing. Yes. And I mean, at this point, I really kind of, I want, I want there to be a couple of issues down the line. Kitty's drinking is getting worse. And finally, they hold an intervention. And at the end of the intervention where Kitty refuses, I don't know if you saw watch Pose, but I don't really watch it, but apparently Billy Porter's character needed an intervention and instead yeah, he just so reads. I have yet to watch he that just, He just reads everybody. <laughs> yeah, we might, we, we're going to watch it soon. Oh, um, so sad. Episode one, we were crying the whole time. So, but I just imagine it'll be the same thing where Kitty then is like reads everybody and then Emma's like, leave the room. And then Kitty and Emma's like, I know what this is really about. And then Kitty's just like, why can't you love me back? And then Emma just goes, I always have. And then they embrace and then they kiss and then they get married and they have babies. (laughs) I love it. On Mars! On Mars! That's so cute. I love that that I totally... That totally went over my head. I'm so stupid. Isn't that so cute? Evil Jeff, I just want to say, take the first two letters of Marauders and then the last two letters of Marauders and what does it spell? Mars. Mars. (laughs) All right, so then we cut to the Mercury, which looks like a giant pirate ship with lots of sails it's no that's it's actually the mutant mercury and she's just expanded to find that actual well, so you jest but you find out later it actually actually is emma's fucking spaceship yeah and i'm like where the fuck did emma get a spaceship and why oh maybe it's because she plans on traveling to space soon Mars. Time to go to Mars. Is there a gate that's been put on Mars yet? Yes. Was that in the beginning? Remember, Who was the one that put there was it a on scene Mars? Where, like Emma went through it when she finds out Katie. Um, Katie. She finds out Kitty was killed, and she's on Mars with the kids and the Madroxes, and they're like picking flowers. There's a whole goddamn like operation up there already. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. But Kitty and Emma's how, running it. How come they still haven't figured out? Because this is one Kitty's story of like where everyone's talking about battles. She was just talking about how Aurora um, re- unbreaks her nose, like resets her nose when she couldn't walk through the gate. Yeah. And I, it made me just remember of like, why can't they figure that out? <laughs> why can't they figure that out? How is she you know going to get to Mars? That's right spaceship emma's it's so weird because they never explain of how can people get into a spaceship and then go galaxies away in just like 10 minutes when in reality we it says it will take us five years to get to mars neil neil degrasse tyson make it make sense i'm gonna write a no come on um 
oh my god, that's why Emma has a spaceship. Everything's falling into place. Um, what are these markers that people are handing out? Have Evil they... Jeff, it is like you are looking at my notes. I love this. Are, have those the shown markers. up before? Yes. They shown up in early cable when people were fighting in that cute little arena, like the duels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, I think, somebody lost and gave the winner their marker. But so does, so it's does kind every of a, it's like a favor system they have going on. So, but then is every mutant g- given a marker, or do you just like buy I markers, think, or do you just have? I them? think it is. I think it's Krakoan culture, and I'm not sure if like everyone's got a standard yellow piece of paper, or if it's more of like a symbolic thing. Like, like I could be like, Evil Jeff, you have my marker, and I like flip you a quarter. And because you know? they don't need money or anything, it's now just favors. You owe me a favors. favors. Go clean my bathtub. <laughs> yes get me more wine um i love that emma is too drunk and is getting seasick <laughs> i love that it's her spaceship but they insist on having it be a pirate ship which is making her sick she could simply just be like i'm taking my spaceship back and we're flying but no <laughs> she goes with it she goes with it and actually has what I thought was a pretty incredible scene with Shaw at the end of this issue, you typically don't see Emma and Shaw being this civil. Yeah. And you read the scene and you're like, my God, these two know each other better than anybody. Who is that person? And they share that they bring up. Who that person is. So... That person is someone, a character who showed up in one issue, classic X-Men number seven. It is an origin story. It's like a back page story of... Oh, I remember those. Yes, of Shaw taking over the Hellfire Club. What wound up happening is his love, Lourdes Chantal, gets killed by Sentinels, which is the inciting incident for him to take over the Hellfire Club. Lourdes Wait, wasn't Chantal, he helping the Sentinels? Yeah, later on he would help them. Lourdes Chantal is on the cover of Marauders number 22. Wait, was she a mutant? She was a teleporter. Oh, so they resurrected her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Was she a teleporter in the the classic X-Men one, too? Yep. Oh. Emma probably has her resurrected, like, as a nicety to Shaw. Oh, to shut... Yeah, get him... Get him the... Get him... His his uh, get him laid. Give him a, his distraction. Get him laid. Exactly. And uh, I do. I my problem is I I feel like Marauders has so many um wheels spinning that I just wish it could come out like twice a month or something because I want them to pay off. Like I need to see what happens with Christian and Iceman. This whole Callisto Storm relationship. I Kitty, why Kitty can't walk through. Think there's so many things happening that it's just once a month is not enough. People, I need more. Jerry, I need more. I need and more. also, I just fucking love um, Callisto and Storm once again referencing oh. their fight, where they're talking about how many knives she has. And <laughs> Callisto's like, "What a great game!" That's she's like, out. "I'm like, not fucking." Guessing. She's like, "You know, bitch, as someone who was stabbed to death by Storm, I don't want to play a knife game with her." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
However many knives there are, there are more. However many knives you think there are, there are more than you think. Yeah. Even when Storm reveals how many knives she has, and it's eight, uh, I think Pyro or Bishop's like, there's no way that's all the knives. And she's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> What a great, um, like I said, love letter to Storm. They have really honored Storm throughout this Krakoan era. And it's clear between this and between that Hellfire Gala trailer. You saw that, right? The yeah. trailer for the Hellfire Gala. In the middle of it, they say something about, like, and, and um, more secrets to be revealed. And they show Storm and they crack the sound of thunder. So there is definitely a Storm related reveal coming. I wonder if the, one Mars. of the things is that Storm is going to be cl- declared the Empress of Mars or something. I think I think the new Hickman book is a, is a Mars-based X-Men team and I think she's going to lead it. Love it's it. It's like like Elon like SpaceX but Space X-Men. Oh, don't even bring up Elon Musk. I watched that Saturday Night Live. Ew, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. He's honestly, like, he didn't embarrass himself. It was more just... I saw just, one sketch. It was more was just, okay. like, the fact... That he's on That he was on it is more gross than anything he did. Yeah. Um, I think that was the problem. He was, like... He wasn't like Donald Trump. He wasn't, like, horrifying. They just wanted to create controversy and buzz around the show. You have to do that. Yeah, and also the sketches are just so bad. They're so bad. It's literally like there's um, maybe like one good sketch and the show could be Yeah, and, and it's on the internet the next day, so you don't have to watch the exactly. show. Exactly. Um, the letter at the end of Marauders number 20 felt like punctuation for the run. It felt like the end of this particular era of marauders to look back and talk yeah. about all the people that were saved and to, to refer to those people that were saved over the past few months by the marauders, referring to them as the children of the marauders, mm-hmm. all of the kind of like refugees that have come to Krakoa under their protective eye. It just, it just feels so nice and wonderful. The use of the word children, particularly if you think that this is an Emma Frost led team, you know, the children being Emma Frost's motivation for everything she's done. Yeah. The fact that they're looking back on all the people who were rescued and referring to them as sort of this team's children. It's very nice. And it's very, uh, it creates a feeling of journey and a feeling of closure, just like Kitty's favorite memory of storm being, her being taken care of after breaking her nose, knocking, not going through the gate. Yeah. That is a way of creating journey. That's a way of Kitty had any number of memories to choose from, but she chose a memory from the first issue of this run. Jerry Duggan did that on purpose to create that sense of journey, that sense of closure, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. because we're about to move on to a new thing. We now have Shaw and Emma getting along yeah, or, so. I mean, I don't know if I trust that, but... <laughs> yeah, true, true. But it just feels like it, uh, uh, a page has been turned and something new is going to happen next. Thank you, X-Men. 
Thank you, X-Men. I know, and next week we get a brand new book, so I'll be excited for that. X-Corp. I'm very excited. All right. Shall we talk about some other comics that we've read? Let's do it. I think I gotta get a comic. Hit it. You gotta get a comic if you wanna get ahead. All right. So I decided to catch up on Strange Academy by Scotty Young. Strange Academy. Have you read? Have you? Did you keep reading that? Do you know what? I, I realized that I've missed a few issues. Like, I feel like I've missed eight and nine. So I had not been keeping up. But I saw number 10 and I was like, oh, a new issue of Strange Academy. I read that. I shall buy it. And I did. And I read it. But I did not realize I had let some issues fly by me. Right. Oh, okay. So you you read the one they were in Asgard. Asgard. Yes. Yes. Um, so the main thing that you missed is that the main character kind of that we is kind of the POV character of the show of the series, Emily, um, who yeah. has like kind of nature sorcery type powers. Um, she's really into fire dudes. So she's like the little Dormammu's son, Doyle. She's her, she's all hot and bothered over him. And then he sacrifices her life for her in a battle. And then she brings him, she basically like sleeping beauties him. Like, she kisses him and brings oh. him back to life. Because they're all like, he's dead, he's dead. And she's like, no! And then she, like, kisses him, and he literally comes back to life. And Doctor Strange is like, um... Uh-oh. What the fuck? <laughs> and, uh... And so, but now with this, we, we already know that there is a prophecy that a tarot card reader basically said that Doyle is going to turn evil. It's kind of like Victor's prophecy from the early things of the runaways that it's like, you're good now, but you're going to grow up and destroy the world. But there is an extra part to that prophecy that we have now just been revealed in Asgard, the two Asgardian twins, their mother is none other than the enchantress. Loved that reveal. Yes. And it turns out that one of them, one of the twins, is uh, going to be the one to stop him, to stop Doyle, to kill Doyle, probably. Right. Which we were just reading, uh, was it um, Destiny New York? Yeah, prophecies, yes. Prophet With all the prophecy people, and it's the same thing that's happening here. And if you find it, I do also find it interesting that Doyle and the, I, for, I forget what their names are, but... Uh, like Eric, 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 and Alvi, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Eric. Yep, yeah. Uh, Eric, who doesn't have, I just know the one without a man bun and the one with a man bun. The one yes. without a man bun, he is roommates with Doyle, and they hate each other to the to the yes. point where I thought they were going to be lovers, but no. Um, it's no, more of a bromance thing. But I do find the fact that Doyle was like, "Oh, I'll keep your secret." And so I have a feeling Eric is going to start becoming friends with Doyle and then is like, but I have to kill him and he's going to get a soft heart. And so I do. And this whole last book was all about people are dating each other. Everybody's hooking up. Other people are becoming boyfriends with other people. It turned out that the the zombie girl and the limbo girl want to fuck like and that her dad is Sim. What? Oh, did you? Oh, no. I missed that. Oh, that really? was from Jesse's the pre- no, right? Sorry, that was from the previous. I read the last Get two out. issues together. Yeah, there was <gasps> the one you missed was a parent teacher day, and oh, that girl's dad is. Oh my god! Sin. Oh my god! Are you kidding? No. The one issue I miss. Yeah. 
Wow, that's incredible. Um, anyway, it's still fun. It's a fun run. I like that it's like, it's prophecies, it's high school, teenage angst, there's love. It's like all the fun stuff. There's battles. Like, it's fun. The parentage that I found interesting also, well, not really parentage, origin, is Shaylee, the half-human, half-fae exuberant character that's now dating Toph. Mm-hmm. I forgot she's from Otherworld, which means she must be one of Roma's. Yeah. Right? Or Merlin's. Yeah. Which means she likes to fuck. No, <laughs> Right. Or she's been chained up her whole life. Well, I was going to say, if she's free and able to go there, she's probably from Roma's world and not. She's probably Roma. Yeah. I don't know. Merlin, though. I can see Merlin being like, I will unlock you and send you to a wizard school and then you will graduate and I will lock you back up. And you must grab a lock of hair from Doctor Strange. Like You must bring me back. Like the thing he did to the New Mutants. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's Uh, fun. But yeah, it continues to be a lovely book. Um... What else did you read? Well, I read our new favorite book, Wind, number six, book two, starts. Um, Boom Studios, James Tinney in the fourth. Um, Brett, did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything that I thought I wished I could be. Because <laughs> I can fly higher than an eagle. Because you are the wind beneath my wings. Um, Thank you, Evil Jeff. Wind? Oh, no, I'm dying of a mysterious disease on the beach. <laughs> okay, listen to me. We decided we loved Something is Killing the Children so much that we did not get enough of Mr. Tinian, and we need to read more of his stuff. So we just decided on a whim to read Wind, and it's amazing. But, oh, it's over no, it's not. It just so happened uh-uh. this week they released the newest issue after like, what, a year or is it even longer? Yeah. So people who got into this book before had to wait very long for issue number six. Not us. We picked up the book last week. So we were like, we didn't miss a beat. We we're like, oh, OK, yeah. Number six. Yeah, it's it's, it's right on time. Great. Good. And... This, thank goodness. this is the thing that's so interesting about this book is there's like this convoluted history of who is really the good guy, who is really the bad guy, because it looks to me. OK, so just in this world, um, it's split up to north, south, east, west, and those tribes used to always meet. But then magic came along and I feel that the north was pipe town. The mm-hmm. East got taken over by fairies. The West got taken over by vampires. Is that, is that that's what happened? Yeah, I think that's right? roughly it. Yeah. Because I feel like the East-West is now only fairies and only vampires. Like, there's not humans there anymore. Yes. Yeah, it's all magic. I'm just wondering, and then what happened to the South? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I just love that there's this whole world, the politics of this whole entire thing, of magic and, and these different tribes battling each other and then on top of that we have a kid that's clearly like some kind of chosen one thing but then on top of that we have that he's gay and wants to fuck this muscle guy and i have a feeling i could be wrong i'm this is one where i'm very confused of who's going to end up with who okay because there is something about the love-hate relationship between Wind and the Prince that I am wondering... 
if Ooh. that's who are they're going to end up being that together. That's the actual secret boyfriends. Yes. What do you think? Interesting. And this is why I can I, definitely see it. I have a feeling it's going to be this love triangle where he likes where they all kind of like the wrong person. And I think the big muscle guy is going to die. Yeah, he'll sacrifice himself. And then they're left for with each one other. of them, either the prince or Wind. And then they're both going to blame each other, but at the same time, they need to be comforted by each other. And listen, I can also see the prince sacrificing himself because he's like the cowardly one that won't do what's That's true needed too. of him. So I can see the prince making the sacrifice play, leaving Wind and Thorn to be in love. Yes. And basically the prince has escaped Pipe Town so that he can give, you know, seed the throne from the dying king instead of going to him to go to his uncle. And then he ends up meeting the uncle's son, who's like this hot, beefy guy. But all the son keeps saying is like, hey, because I'm going to eventually be the ruler. I'm going to eventually be the ruler because, you know, I need to know because like I'm like after my dad, I'm going to be the ruler. And I was like, all right, I do not like him. I don't trust. No, we hate we hate the cousin. We the prince's cousin. Him. So the prince is giving, he's basically giving the throne up to his uncle. And the uncle's kid, prince's cousin, is like, oh, I can't wait till I'm king now. Yeah. And we're like, you're the worst. He's like jock cousin. We hate him. And we also find out that the the cook that kind of, we thought sacrificed his life to help um, Wind. And what's what's the girl's name, his sister? Uh, Topher Toil, uh, Toy- Toby, something like that. Um, to help them escape. He did not die. He is Toilet. just in jail. And we learn that the king is just completely in cahoots with the vampires. And that the 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 bandaged man is the brothers of the queen of the vampires. And that they're... And the, or the general. Or the yeah. general. And that they're already have sent subs to destroy the boats where the prince and wind are hiding. I love... Basically, the general of the vampires was like, we will get your boy if you teach us plumbing. Yeah. If, if, you, uh, if we can have your plumbing technology. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And she's like, okay, well, your boy is already surrounded. He's like, how do you even know where he is? And she says, we have technology of our own. Turns out that technology is subs. And I just love the notion that vampires who can't be in the sunlight who can't be above ground during the day invented submarines yes of course they did of course and it looks like they're in trouble all these subs are about to fire upon these boats however the fact that wind kind of saw these two bird-like creatures that look like the creature he turned into in the beginning and clearly were the creatures and they were the creatures that dropped him off. And Mm -hmm. now I don't know, are they just creatures that are looking after him or are they the parents? Are those his parents? I don't know. I think those are his parents. But I think the fact that they're there, I think they're going to have to do, they'll have something to do with uh, taking down the subs or saving them. Yes, exactly. So I'm very excited. It's just one where I'm excited to see what happens Fight wise, but I'm also excited. But everything not only is going like there's the po- the politics, the intrigue, the fighting, the magic powers, and the romance. It's so hard to juggle all of those things, and it's just done so beautifully with this book. And it's done so effectively. Read it, people. Read it. Such a good book. Oh, books, comic books. Can they compare to any other medium? Well, we're about to find out. Hit it. Someone who watched 
superhero sci-fi stuff with me. Okay. TV time! Did you watch anything superhero related on television? I did. So Netflix dropped an original based on the series. Oh shit, I didn't do research about it. I should, I wonder who did the series in the first place. I have no idea. Wasn't it Mark Miller? Comic book series. Oh yeah, Mark, oh yeah, duh. Yeah, no no wonder I hate it. It's (laughs) Mark Miller's Jupiter's Legacy. It is poorly done. And I can't stand the concept. So where do I begin? Well, here's just what I know. And this is the other reason I didn't is my boyfriend was like, and I don't even know if this is 100% true. He was like, oh, are you?" because I was like, do you want to watch this with me? And he's like, no, this looks like garbage. Go watch it yourself. And I'm like, mm, but I don't want to watch it really. And I was like, it looks really bad. And he's like, yeah, I heard that the, the series, it's only an eight issue comic. And this first... Um, the first season is just the first two issues of the comic. So it's just stretched out and super padded. Oh, you got to be kidding me. It feels like it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that sounds like it terrible. feels like it took nothing and stretched it out into more nothing. What is it? What is it about? Honestly, it is. It's such a tired concept to me. So it's about an older generation of heroes that got their powers in like the 20s, 30s. And they fought as like a Justice League type team. They fought according to a code, a very typical superhero code. We don't kill. We don't like we're not bad people. We don't stoop to the villains level. Basically, we don't kill. We're heroes. So it cuts to kind of an inciting incident that gives way to what the show is about. There's this older generation of heroes got their powers in the 20s and 30s. Their kids also have powers. So you have one generation, they allude to the fact that the older generation got their powers through some kind of trauma, some kind of horrible experience. Their kids, however, were just born with powers. So automatically you have kind of a rift in how they see the world. They're in this huge fight with this super powerful villain. It is the older crop of heroes. And then here comes the newer crop of heroes, the kids in their costumes and everything. And so two generations of heroes fighting this guy, the guy is getting the drop on all of them, this monster. And then all of a sudden the son of the main character, the Superman type main character, his son who has the same kind of Superman type powers kills the monster dude. And the older generation is like, what the fuck did you do? You broke our code. We don't do that. And the younger generation is like, well, maybe you should. And that's what the show is about. So it's basically like boomers versus Gen Z. And we're supposed to take the side of the boomers. Like it's. (laughs) No, thank you. Right? No, thank you. I've been programmed not to. Thank you. It's just such like a, it feels like such a dated Mark Miller concept. Should superheroes kill? Let's unpack that. No, let's not. Let's just. Because it's also like we. Because <laughs> we have multiple times. It's also just like, um, have you seen the boys? 
We've been, we were done over that. But it's it's also everywhere. You know, like the X-Men have fought about this. The Avengers have fought about this. Exactly. Batman has fought about this. And that's the thing is the, as an idea, as a concept, no, it's more interesting of superheroes grappling with whether or not they should kill is like, like the boys, superheroes that are pretending they don't kill, but behind the scenes, they really do. Are the worst. That's much more of an interesting concept. And I'm sure that will come out too. Yeah. I'm sure it will. But listen, here's your red flag. It's a Netflix original starring Josh Duhamel. Period. End of sentence. <laughs> That's all you right? I'm like, wait, is that Josh Duhamel? Oh, this is going to suck. It's like, weren't you married to Fergie? Like, Leslie Bibb is your lead. Okay. <laughs> uh, I heard so Fergie, not, but though good. Fergie, they did get Fergie to do... Um, the theme song. Talk about a national anthem that ruined your career. Seriously. The writing is basic. The, it is it is shot very poorly. It's just it is like green screen city, and you can tell. And the makeup and hair, like maybe they're supposed to look like young people with a fake gray beard and fake gray hair because they're yeah, aging weird. I hate to tell you, most young people dye their hair like. gray all the time just for fun. It, that doesn't make Leslie, you look older anymore. Right. Leslie Bibb looks like Leslie Bibb with a gray wig on, not <laughs> older Leslie Bibb. So. Oh. But the writing is just so basic. And let's talk about telepaths on TV and movies. One of the, like the, the brother of the Superman type character is their telepath. Okay. Uh, I hate it when the, the guy's a telepath. I hate it when the guy's a telepath. <laughs> also really hate it. And I'm looking at you, X-Men Dark Phoenix, when a director decides that the way a telepath will show the audience that I'm a telepath is by standing still putting one hand on their temple and the mm-hmm. other hand just stretched out in front of them with their fingers spread wide open. Yeah. As if to say, no, I'm a telepath. I don't mind I just it. the finger on the temple, but the hand stretched out. That's a bridge too the far. The hand stretched out. I hate, like there's some invisible like telepath vacuum tube that I'm, I'm pointing it at your brain and I'm sucking out your thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. What, it's like, what is this uh, like invasion of the body snatchers? Like, Wah. Right. Right, Donald Sutherland. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. It's garbage. I like. I couldn't wait for it to be over the first episode, so I can decide not to watch the second episode. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Watch I was really. It. And that was just, the best part, where I decided I'm not watching the next one. And it is just so crazy how much is being sent out there because we have the Nevers, which is like superhero stuff. And then there's also like a bunch of other things like Shadow and Bone and other like supernatural. Do you know who wrote Shadow saga. and Bone? Who? Our friend Christina Strain, who we've had on the show, who wrote Generation X and The Magicians. Oh, is that, I wonder if that's, is that, have you heard anything? I just, I've heard about it, but I don't even know if it's good or bad or anything. I heard it's good, but a, like an adult friend of mine said i tried to watch it but it's so ya and i was like yeah because i think it's ya yeah <laughs> like he's like it's kind of ya i was like yeah i think it's a ya that series. doesn't bother me though no well, yeah although the wink saga is like insanely ya and you're just like Ugh. and then i there's the there's this other one 
my boyfriend was watching it. I forget what it's called, but it's on Amazon, but it's all based on witches. And like, oh. that's another one. And it was, it's like a British show. And then I'm like, another one. I was like, there's just too much. There's too much. And none of them are particularly distinct, like uh, distinct. Yeah. They, their point yeah. of view isn't particularly interesting. Yeah, it's I just will say in the genre. Yeah, because even like the something that isn't inter- as interesting, like the idea of steampunk X Men, which is the Nevers, I do feel that it is made good because Joss Whedon, as much as we hate him, Shh, we don't say that name. Is, is the he's the new Voldemort? Voldemort, he's a really good writer. He's a really good writer, and it's Jane um, Epson, as I say, Epson. Mm-hmm. who's written with him from the beginning of Buffy. She's the other like main writer. And I think yeah. she's taking over the show if it gets renewed. And so I actually have hope for the show because she basically is Joss Whedon. She's like the secret sauce. But without his personality. I mean, I don't know. Maybe right. she's a monster too. She's probably a monster. <laughs> she's a monster enabler. But I haven't watched the latest episode of The Nevers. But from what I've been watching so far, I just think it's really fun. Like, I just... I, I do. Think no, The fun. Nevers... I think The Nevers has picked up. It's enjoyable. Now that you're getting into the characters, it's more enjoyable. It's more engaging. However, it still has its flaws. Yeah, of course. It's like, not... can we get to it already? Yes, Nevers. yes, yes. It's, it, I definitely feel like it's... it's. Ooh, this question, and now this question, and this... Just fucking answer them. Yes, but at the same time, I'm here for badass women with bad... Like, it's women are the main ones calling the shots. It's kind of like the head baddie you think is the one guy, but it's really the woman in the wheelchair. What? The woman in the wheelchair on the Nevers? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the woman from The Sixth Sense. Like, she's going to be the main bat. Like, she's going to be the big bat. Because her character makes, her character's purpose makes no sense to me. So I'm like, I'm sure they're saving her for something. Yeah. Um, Whenever they wheel her out, I'm like, who is this woman? Well, you saw that, but you know the the people that are experimenting on them. You saw that part. Yes. That that's her. She's the one doing all of that. Oh, she's the one who hired Dennis O'Hare to experiment. Yeah, so she's running all of that oh, okay. thing. And she has, yeah, like, one yeah. of the spaceships. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, the Hellmouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, all of that. But I just like women women fighting women. And, and men try yeah. to get in the way. They beat them up. They're swatted away. I will say, I love the hooker that makes everyone tell the truth. That's kind of amazing. I love her. <gasps> I love her. <laughs> yeah, I do love her. Um, so that's fun. And it's also just like all of these shows keep coming out, like just Invincible. We just finished watching Invincible. And it's a show that was mired in, I think Seth Rogen um, was so obsessed with being um, loyal to the actual plot of the comic book that he didn't invest in hiring really good writers, really good animators, really good directors. Mm-hmm. And so like the way the, the story just wasn't told right. Like the plot right. points are there. It just wasn't told in, in an, an engaging enough right. way. Um, so it's just really just strange where now I'm just scared of Paper Girls. One of my other favorite comics of all time is coming out. I want it's like, just kind of like Why the Last Man. Get this stuff out there. Why the Last Man is currently yeah. being made. And I'm just like, is this going to be because there's so many things being made. And, and I realize it's like there's just not enough uh, talent 
and resources to go around to make these that good. So it's, it's like, is this going to be good? Yeah. Out. It's churned all a bunch of just subpar. And, right. fl- and well, I think that the problem is, is it's all going to end because we are in a very strange space of where right now, especially even at my job, where I work for um, a company that has a streaming service. Everybody has a streaming service. There's Paramount, there's HBO Max, there's Netflix, there's Disney yeah. Plus, there's Amazon Prime, there's 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 a million, and now there's like a, there's like a million of them, and yeah. everybody just wants content, and I think the higher producers they just care about content and they don't care if it's good. They're like, oh, let's get one thing that we think can win an Emmy or an Oscar, and then the rest we just need stuff to like show that we have stuff. We just need like a hook, like bait, like the new yeah. Save by the Bell. To get them to subscribe, and well, then don't use that as an example because that's kind of amazing. Oh, I know, but it was the only—it's the only good thing. No, have you watched Girls Five ever? No, not yet. Watch Girls Five ever. That's kind of funny. It's the same kind of like writing style as Saved by the um, Thirty Rock. Well, there's another new show on a platform that I do want to talk about because this oh, one. No. Oh my god! Don't be scared. It's a Star Wars show. Oh, <laughs> okay. I still couldn't. I still can't get around to watching the second season of Mandalorian. Really? Why? I just don't. It's I'm, so I'm good. not. Are you not into Star Wars? I'm, I'm not, not either, a big Star but... Wars person. And the problem is, is all my Star Wars stuff is my boyfriend is obsessed with Star Wars and he hated the Mandalorian. So I was watching it with him. And so he was like, I'm never watching this again. So it's just hard for me to get into it on my own. Well, I would love to know what your mean animator boyfriend thinks of Disney Plus's The Bad Batch. Oh, yeah, I'm going to force him to watch that because I will say this, dating a storyboard artist, when he watches a cartoon and the storyboarding is not up to par, he will not shut up about it. And it's and if you hate it, too, if you hate it, too, it's very entertaining. But if you're liking the show, then it's you're in misery. Would you secretly record him? And play it on the show. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> All right, I'll do it. <laughs> do it. Just a little bit. Um, so The Bad Batch. I, yeah. Evil Jeff, I, like, I'm not that into Star Wars in that I have never watched, like, Rebels or Clone Wars, those animated series. Are they directly linked to those, or is it more directed to The Mandalorian? Bad Batch is more directly linked to Clone War, um, Clone Wars in that... Okay. Bad Batch picks up right when the Clone Wars ends, but to to show, give you the movie comparison or the movie analog or the, like in the movies where we are, this is I believe the end of Attack of the Clones ish. So the big incident in the Bad Batch is when Palpatine gives the order order to, to murder to all the murder all the Jedi's. Yeah, that is kind of the opening moment. Of the Bad Batch. So who are the Bad Batch? Well, Evil Jeff, as you know, the former Republic Guard that Palpatine took over and turned into the Stormtroopers, they're all clones. They're all clones of Jango Fett, the Stormtroopers. Yeah. The Bad Batch are five genetically defective clones of Jango Fett. So like genetically defective Stormtroopers. So then were they like kicked off? That's like, they're like, you're genetically effective. So you can't be a stormtrooper. Basically. And they, 
they're kind of this like ragtag firefly crew, but they're all still clones of Django Fett, but they all look very different because they just aren't like a, like in the traditional sense of Django Fett. Like they're they're deviants. So they're a little bit skinnier, or one is like huge and jacked because their genetic deviation gave them each a, a superpower. So there's the, there's five of them. Hunter is the leader. He's got enhanced senses. There's one with super strength. There's one with a super intellect. There's one that's like mostly robot. And there's one that's a sharpshooter. And they are tasked with um, helping the Jedi. There's a particular Jedi who fans of these cartoons, fans of the books, I'm sure they know who this woman is. I don't. She's got a Padawan. They're fighting like those droids, those battle droids. The Padawan brings the Bad Batch to fight the battle droids, and then they beat the battle droids. So Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars is over, and then Palpatine gives the order to the like the former good troopers. Okay, now kill all the Jedi. And so the reason all the troopers, all the Jango Fets, were like okay, is because they were programmed. Like basically, they're clones. They can be controlled by fascism HQ. But these genetic deviants can't. The programming so that says, like, now like do what I say doesn't work on these five. So they want to protect that the Jedi. Exactly. And are they just protecting that one Jedi? Well, that one Jedi disappears in the beginning. And oh, okay. that actually makes this sharpshooter on the Bad Batch very upset. He's like, why are you lying to me about what happened to that Jedi? Why, do, why are you telling me that Jedi died? And the leader of the Bad Batch is like, I saw him fall off the cliff. And he's like, no, you didn't. That Jedi is out there somewhere and you're hiding the fact that you let him escape. And that's kind of the tension on the team. So um, but what's, what is their main mission then? If the Jedi is gone, are they looking for Jedi or what? They, they're sort of being bossed around for the whole first episode. It's like... Palpatine wants you guys, or um, it's Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, the old man from the first Star Wars. Yeah. He's like, we want you back. We like, they want to understand why the programming didn't kind of work on them. They, they too feel that Hunter is lying about the, the young Padawan Jedi dying. Um, they want to know if they can, if they can program these people or not, if they can use them as weapons. And so they put them through this, like this horrible test to see if like they can be used as weapons of the empire. And then they escape at the end of that with another character who is also a genetically deviant clone, a little girl, a, bo- a, girl a very version? Layla Miller, yeah, like a little girl version, very Layla Miller type little Wait, girl. Wait, a fat? I think so. I don't like know. The version? little girl, the little girl worked for the cloners. The cloners are in. Attack of the Clones. They've got like it's those long neck aliens that were taking care of little Boba Fett. They're the ones who are responsible for all the cloning of Django Fett. And she is like their assistant. So she's probably some experiment that they Oh okay. did. Yeah. So she escapes with the Bad Batch. You find out she's genetically deviant just like them. So now basically you've got this team on the this like Firefly space pirate type team on the run from the newly formed empire. So this is all before new hope, all that. And what do you think? Is it a, do you think I should watch it? I think it's really, I think it's really good. I do. Um, the animation I think is great. The, well, for, if it's Disney, if the animation is bad, yeah, that's we're in trouble. Exactly. 
But the characterization is great in that they're basically the same five dudes, but they're all modified, deviant in a different way. They all have different life experiences, different powers. So they're all kind of like different variations on one theme. That's interesting. Are any of them gay? Is no, and that's what, that's what I want to flag is like this series just lacks inclusion. It's like yeah. five versions of the same guy. I don't want to say white guy because I, I believe the actor well, I was going to say he's Latino. He's not a Caucasian actor, but they yeah. look white in the cartoon. Oh, white in the series, they look like they're white. Yeah. Wow. So. Great. But I would love for you to watch Joe watch it. All right, I'm going to do that. And record it. <laughs> Don't. I probably will. Okay, I'll wait and it. see if he's hating it or loving it. If he's hating it, I'm going to press record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All righty. Um, and that's all. That's all we had for you today, everybody. Ah. <sighs> Hopefully, um, Loki is in two weeks. Two weeks? More than that. No, I thought it Three? was... It's, it's June. It's June 9th. Still, oh, June 9th. Hold on. I'm sorry. No, I thought Evil they Jeff. changed it. This is how we can end the show. Evil Jeff, I downloaded an app called Countdown, and I entered all my favorite things, and I've got a list of how many days are left for each thing. So... Okay. What do you have? Loki is in 31 days. Lovely. Loki is one month from today. Well, if you're listening to this less than one month. That's right. Um, As of Sunday, Mother's Day, May 9th, the Hellfire Gala begins in 24 days, Loki in 31, Jerry Duggan's X-Men number one, 59 days, Black Widow, 61, What If, potentially 101, Shang-Chi, 117, Eternals, 180 days, Hawkeye, 220 days, Spider-Man No Way Home, 222 days. Crazy. That's in December. Crazy. Yeah. A lot of content is coming our way. And we're going to be right there talking about it. Yep. Okay. Maybe even in a theater after having a nervous breakdown because of COVID scares. Record your nervous breakdown. We'll use it on the show. Of course. All of my trauma is just meant for your entertainment. Comic Book Queers Legacy, episode 200, Evil Jeff's Nervous Breakdown. <laughs> More Evil Jeff's, like, 90th Nervous Breakdown. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Well, listen, can we everybody. End, get, can yeah? we end the show with the Rolling Stones' 19th Nervous Breakdown? Is that an actual song? That song. It's a song. Yeah. Okay. Look into it. Maybe. Okay. Consider right. it. I hate the Rolling Stones. You do? Yeah. I oh, hate okay. Mick I like them. I hate oh, Mick Jagger. Oh, okay. I think listen to their music and think about it as blues. You might like them. Yeah, I'm not really big into blues. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into blues either. And where do they get off having the blues? Fuck yeah, you. exactly. And you know what? Oh, oh, you might not get what you want, but maybe you'll just get what you need. Fuck you, Mick Jagger. Don't tell me what I fucking need. You don't know me. And with that, thank Mick you Jagger. for listening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, everybody, call your mom and. 
Call your for mom. sure. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Unless your mom's like a narcissistic abuser and then fuck her. Don't call her. Uh, you don't need her in your life. Um, read wind instead. Wind will be your mom. <laughs> yes. The wind beneath my wings. Um, guys, we with that? are super gay. And, um, and Brett really wants to end this. But he... <laughs> Um, he really, he really wants to end it with a song. So, um, if you read comics, just remember, cue the music that makes you queen. Oh, you can end it with life on Mars by David Bowie. Oh yeah. Or we can just end it. Goodbye. Just end it. Bye. Bye.